0: Visit denalicanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's denalicanning.com forward slash free. Decades ago, I started growing food in my front and backyard, and I realized that my mission in life is to inspire and empower others. grow their own nutrient-dense, healthy organic food. Because of this, a lot of people have come to me with their gardening questions over the years. And that got me thinking, what if we put together a community that would help budding gardeners blossom? So I finally made the idea a reality with my Urban Farm U member program. Each month, your membership includes three live online events, a monthly class, a chit-chat with an expert, and a monthly coaching session plus access to the experts on our member page and a significant discount on our signature courses. I'm deeply committed to transforming our global food system, and I do this by empowering you to grow your own food. The Urban Farm Membership Program is a simple way to get going. Please join me in transforming your food system today. To learn more, go to urbanfarmmembership.org or text MEMBERSHIP to 33444. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Kelly Hool of Book of Kells Press to talk about her experience with botanical art. Kelly is a botanical and wildlife artist, calligrapher, and founder of Books of Kells Press, a 501c3 nonprofit that works to create handmade books and original art to raise awareness about science and nature and to raise money for humanitarian causes. Kelly is also creating a handwritten, illuminated manuscript based on the origin of species by Charles Darwin, in addition to a handful of other illustration projects. Kelly's original paintings, handmade books, and prints are in numerous public and private collections around the world. Additionally, she is currently developing a pilot art and science program to help create monarch butterfly habitats as teaching gardens in schools. Welcome to the show today, Kelly.
2: Thank you, Greg. It's good to be here.
0: Absolutely. As I as I told you in our pre-talk, I've kind of been watching you for a few years, not in a stalker kind of way, but in an amazed <laughs> kind of way about your art. So that's really why I wanted to get you on the show, because what you're doing is so amazing. So, and I shared a bit about you in our intro. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now?
2: Sure. Well, you know, I love learning, and I've always felt comfortable in kind of being in the role of the student, mm-hmm. and I have kind of what are, on the what on the surface appear to be diverse interests in uh-huh. not only the arts, but in math and science as well. Um, I have a degree in atmospheric science. I'm a certified math and science teacher, but I also have an MFA in poetry.
3: Oh, and nice. I've learned from
2: uh, various teachers and workshops here and there how mm-hmm. to paint and watercolor and oil and how to do calligraphy and so I'm kind of an autodidact in a way (laughs) I, you know I tend to research things that I find interesting Mm -hmm. and practice things that I want to learn and you know we don't really teach ourselves anything but um, we do tend to learn through different channels and if I learn something by reading a book or watching somebody else there's still a teacher on the other end Mm -hmm. Um, but I followed my interests where they lead, and <laughs> here I am.
0: Nice. Nice. So you're an artist. And yep. tell us about your art.
2: Well, my paintings and drawings tend to be representational
3: mm-hmm. and fairly
2: traditional. Um, they're realistic depictions of plants and animals. And I like uh, illustrating um, events in science, I like um, illustrating the small details of nature, and so a lot of my paintings are very quiet in a way they go like maybe a single um, insect or a single uh-huh. kind of plant mm-hmm. and yeah. I like to take the time and just kind of look at look at the form and maybe convey some of what some of the wonder of um you know, the form of whatever it is.
0: Yeah. You said realistic representations. Can you say more about that? (laughs) What did you mean by that?
2: Well, for example, I've done a lot of drawings and paintings of small insects, beetles, plants. A lot of times I'll use close-up photography. I'll use a microscope to see the very fine details I'll take the time to paint the little hairs on the leg of a beetle for example Wow! and really study the structure of the wings or the face or the Mm eye just to to just because those things aren't easy to do we don't tend to do that in our daily lives but you know taking time to really look closely at things I think has a lot to teach us
0: slow down and take a breath and watch right exactly yeah so why mm-hmm. did you, why did you select botanicals
2: that's a good question i, I think the reason is that i find them beautiful mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i think that beautiful things are sometimes missing in our lives
0: mm-hmm. and yeah
2: to me people need beauty we need to see those natural forms we need to see the you know curling tendrils there, there's something there's something that draws us to those shapes and to the green and the color that, that we find in nature. Yeah. And a lot of our urban, you know, lives, we, we don't see that a lot. And, um, something that I really like about the things that you're doing is you're encouraging people to have these plants and things in their urban settings. Yeah. And that not only brings, you know, usefulness, you know, you get the food, from growing the plants but you also get the beauty of of growing a plant and and I think that's what draws me to them
0: nice so when we're talking botanicals what does that mean
2: botanical artists and there are there are several botanical artists who who do this and and there are associations of botanical artists and anybody's interested in um looking into that Mm -hmm. it's um it's definitely a thriving I, I want to say hobby but it's not really a hobby it's an it's an occupation uh-huh. it's a way to spend your time and so botanical artists tend to um we we choose a plant we look at it closely from life and sort of try to interpret the shapes and the color values of that plant
3: mm-hmm.
2: onto paper or canvas and we look at The structure of, you know, say a flower, or the structure of a leaf, the structure of the veins. We we look closely, we observe plants closely, Mm -hmm. and um, try to capture what makes that plant unique and different, including things like the roots and the um, things that are underground that people don't usually see.
0: Mm -hmm. Perfect. Are there some famous artists out there that people might know that have done botanicals in the
2: past? Oh yes, many uh there are many famous artists. There are whole books of botanical art that you can find. Oh wow. My favorite is uh one of my favorites it would be uh Joseph Redoute, the French artist um who, who painted plants I I'm, I'm gonna get the dates wrong. <laughs> Probably the seventeen hundreds, I think. But um in
0: the seventeen hundreds?
2: Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And there oh. were you know the There was kind of a renaissance in botanical art in the early uh, 19th century, Mm -hmm. and in fact, I believe we're going through another renaissance of botanical art now. Oh, wow. There are so many people doing this now, especially with all of the talk of um, climate change and how that's Mm. affecting plant species and trying to, just trying to record all of the species that are threatened and endangered. is is kind of spurring people on.
0: So this is I just got chills when you said that so this is actually one way (laughs) of documenting the history of species then
2: It absolutely is and in fact historically you know they didn't have photographs or um, film and so a lot of what we know about plants through history comes from artistic representation Um, and we can find out a lot about how plants have changed over time from how they've been represented in art.
0: So can you share about the history of botanical art?
2: Well, botanical art, I mean, it's, it goes all the way back to illuminated, you know, the first illuminated manuscripts in the 1500s. There have been, there are herbals that go back maybe to the 1400s. I would Mm -hmm. have to go back, but there are, are, there's certainly a long history of uh, representing plants illustrating um, what the plant looks like, what the different parts are used for.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And today, I mean you know historically that was kind of the main function of botanical art was to to spread knowledge about oh, what yeah. plants could be used right. for and how they could be um, used as medicines, for example. And today, I, I feel it's more what we were talking about before, that, that it's people looking closely at plants that are around them, mm-hmm. things that, you know, we, we see around us every day. <clears throat>
0: so you've used the term both in your bio and live on the show here, illuminated.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. What does that mean? Well, an illuminated manuscript and comes from, uh, the word itself means to light up just like in a room. Lights light up a room. They illuminate the room. Illuminated books have been illustrated not only with bright colors, um, reds and blues especially, but also um, it refers specifically to the use of metals to create shiny surfaces within the book,
3: on the pages of the book. So
2: when an artist uses, for example, gold leaf Uh um, to to create a bright color, that that page then is said to be illuminated. Wow. So today, not only can we use metals, uh-huh. things like gold, platinum, um, we, can, we also have these kind of new, relatively new paints that have iridescent properties. So oh. paint companies are making lines of paint that have very tiny flakes of mica, which capture the light, and they cause these reflective properties. So what I do is I take those paints, those metallic paints, and add them to my illustrations in places where there is actual iridescence in the plant or in the animal. And and when you look around, when you start noticing this, Uh you find that many, many plants and animals have this iridescent quality even you know a plain old leaf on a tree just look at it and you if you look at it closely you'll notice that it sparkles it has little sparkly shiny shimmery uh, points of light and so i'm using those paints to kind of get that quality sparkle Mm -hmm.
0: wow (laughs) yeah i okay so i've been gardening here in phoenix for a little over 40 years Mm-hmm. Been participating in the natural environment around us, and I've never known that or noticed that.
2: <laughs> okay, well, look around now. I think you oh, might. Oh, I will.
0: <laughs> I will absolutely. So, tell us about your handwritten, illustrated manuscript based on the Origin of Species by Charles Darwin. I I think that's just an amazing project you're doing.
2: It's a big project. It's a big book, and it's, been, it's taking me a long time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But. The idea came to me uh, several years ago, and i've been working at it probably for almost ten years now
3: mm-hmm.
2: from you know its earliest conception right but i'm taking uh, darwin 's work on the origin of species and i'm handwriting it in calligraphy i'm separating out sections that I think are important not not only scientifically but mm-hmm but for just for people to to read what he wrote and to to understand what he was saying because i think a, a lot of people have not even read that book and it's so fundamental to biology
3: mm-hmm. that
2: um i just think more people need to need to know what's in there and it really is a beautiful beautifully written book it was written for general audiences it mm-hmm. was a popular science book but it's turned out to be a very fundamental text as far as um biology goes mm-hmm. so um i'm writing out the text by hand all um, of it the pages, all of it it's the unabridged first edition Whoa. and it's the pages are uh 22 by 30 uh-huh it is and I'm also illustrating it with these uh, illuminated uh, pictures, pictures that yeah. also kind of uh, branch over into more decorative designs as mm-hmm. far as doing borders um, in addition to you know single illustrations. and so if you if you've read the book or any part of it, it's the first thing you kind of notice is that. Darwin drew from a huge bank of observations Mm -hmm. that he made himself around the world, that other people made around him. He wrote letters to people. He got um, facts from all all over the place. Mm -hmm. And he lists them. He really lists them out, and he lists example after example. And so I think the hardest part about doing this is narrowing down what I'm going to put on the page because there are so many examples oh. of what he's talking about.
0: Yeah. So you're putting all the words on the page but maybe not all the graphics.
2: Well, it's it would be impossible to to illustrate it.
0: Hold
3: I mean, on.
2: I think you know, you usually you think about the Bible when you think of oh, an illuminated yeah. book and think about how many illuminated Bibles <laughs> there were. I mean, there were so many yeah. ways of illustrating the stories. Well, in the same way we keep finding new examples of these ideas
3: mm-hmm.
2: and that have to do with all different organisms. And so I mean you could you could illustrate this book a thousand times and uh-huh. it wouldn't overlap. So
0: I think <laughs> I think I just got it. The original <laughs> origin of species wasn't illustrated and you're illustrating. Not at it.
2: all. It uh-huh. has one picture and it's a graph. It's a branching uh, tree graph.
0: Yep, that I've seen.
2: It's not the sketch that you're probably, you might be thinking of, but um, it's a more complex uh, branching diagram. Uh But no, it was not illustrated at all. There have been many illustrated um, origin of species versions. Mm -hmm. Lots of people have, you know, photographically and, you know, with, you know, handmade illustrations This will be the first time that it's been handwritten and made into kind of a work of art in itself.
0: All right, so how far along are you?
2: (laughs) Well, I started out thinking I was going to move in order and go through from beginning to end, and it turns out it's not happening that way. Uh So what I'm doing is I'm kind of following... Ideas as they come along, Uh doing pages as they come along. Oh, perfect! And so it's kind of hard to say (laughs) (laughs) how far along I am, but um, Mm. I have various pages in various degrees of Uh
0: completion. Oh, nice, nice. When do you expect to be done?
2: I probably won't make my original goal of what I wanted. I I had a kind of an interruption that kind of sucked a lot of time and energy, Mm -hmm. but I'm hoping in five years. Wow,
0: that's amazing. (laughs) But we'll see. So what other projects are you working on?
2: I have lots of projects going um, at the same time. I have Mm -hmm. various illustration projects. I'm doing a couple of children's books. Oh, Um, nice. I'm doing a picture book based on a child poet who was writing during the Holocaust. Oh, wow. from a concentration camp, he wrote a book of poems, and they're absolutely just amazing. And so I've gotten permission from, from the boy's uh, stepbrother to, to illustrate one of his poems, and so oh, nice. um, I've been sending that out to publishers. And then um, I'm also starting work on a children's book with Jerry Coyne, the evolutionary biologist, um, oh wow! So that's in very early stages yeah
0: i've noticed so, that I've noticed that your art's showing up on eBay as well
2: It is I've been doing this is fairly recent but i've been doing a painting a day um I'm doing small oil paintings of natural objects so far it's been mostly fruits, mm-hmm. but I plan to do other things as well. And, yes, yeah, so you can find those on eBay. Um, you can find links from my blog. I blog at Kelly Hool Studio. And most of these are studies for uh, Chapter 1 in the Origin of Species project. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so that you can you can find out more about that. There's, that project has its own website, illuminatedorigin.com, and there's also a Facebook page.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: but these small still life paintings are just from objects. I find interesting that day and, um, I sit down for a couple of hours and uh, make a nice. small painting. Most of them are under six inches.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> nice. My mom's my yeah. mom's an artist and she's done. She? Yeah. Uh, she's been painting since the seventies. Actually, one of the paintings, <laughs> wow. one of the paintings hanging in here, here in my office is my, me with, uh, <coughs> carrots hanging over my shoulder. Uh, oh,
3: nice!
2: Yeah,
0: from a picture from the some somewhere around the late '80s, early '90s. <laughs> hmm.
2: So, well, I highly recommend it as a hobby or uh, you know something to sort of. It's very relaxing.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: To sit down and 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 look closely at something and focus on that on one thing, it's been very therapeutic for me. <laughs> yeah, perfect.
0: So tell us about your monarch butterfly habitat program.
2: Okay, I I live in a place where I can't grow a lot of things. Um, not I don't have a lot of space. So uh, my husband and I got the idea to help our local elementary school mm-hmm. create a monarch habitat garden from seeds. So we took two desert milkweed pod pods and mm-hmm. took the seeds and we helped uh the entire second grade class all the second grade classes at this school we helped them plant the seeds grow the seedlings and
3: wow
2: thanks to a very uh cooperative and encouraging principal we
3: mm-hmm.
2: we were allocated a space at the school where <laughs> where the kids can can go every day at recess and walk through the garden right And so we're kind of volunteering our time and efforts to create these spaces in elementary schools.
0: Nice. -hmm. Nice. We're
2: hoping that their milkweed plants will grow and then they can share those seeds with other schools.
0: Perfect. So I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you might have learned from it.
2: Mm, I have failed at so many things. So many times it so would be hard to narrow it down. we all have um, <laughs> I have some epic ones, I promise you <laughs> i think I think the thing I learned is to to um, you know if something knocks me down, I tend to keep getting back up again, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know right after i had I had a very successful Kickstarter campaign for the Origin of Species project mm-hmm. and um, and i was inundated with these requests for commissioned paintings and oh, um, artwork and nice. it was actually it was amazing and and right after that happened I kind of had these this kind of string of personal events that kind of really Slowed knocked the down. wind out of me.
3: Yeah.
2: Yes. And so it would have been very easy to quit. It would have been very easy to give up and not you know, just be done Mm -hmm. but but i didn't i i you know people were so understanding and so encouraging they just really wanted to see this happen and so i you know i kept getting back up and and trying trying again and and it's worth it i think um you know there's something to be said for Tenaciousness and um, <laughs> wanting to really wanting to overcome setbacks. Yeah. You know the other thing would be the other thing I've learned is is to listen to critics, listen to what people are saying.
3: Mm, yeah. you, you
2: you may be making a mistake
3: <laughs>
2: at, <laughs> at here or there, and and it's worth listening to people and kind of setting aside ego and just listen to what needs to happen to, to, to make something successful. And I'm sure, um, you know, of course that, that applies to, to growing things, um, have (laughs) setbacks and difficulties and, but, you know, you try something, it doesn't work, look at what happened and be Mm -hmm. scientific and be systematic about your approach and, um, and, you know, sometimes it takes (laughs) multiple times to get it right you know there are many more ways to get something wrong than there uh, are to get it right so it yeah so it makes sense to to not give up right away
0: yeah as an entrepreneur for my entire life I started my first (laughs) I had a paper route when I was 12 but I started my first business when I was 15 was a 15 wow I've known this for many decades that it takes on average 27 attempts to, get, to 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 be successful at business, now some people do it a lot faster, but on average, yeah, twenty seven attempts. It's like wow, wow. it's amazing, and,
2: and luck plays a part <laughs> for sure, yeah,
0: absolutely. So, what um, do you consider your biggest success?
2: That's a hard one too. I feel like it hasn't happened yet, but
3: <laughs>
2: for me, I think um, you know I've gone through life kind of feeling like an outsider in a lot of ways because. I do I do have diverse interests and mm-hmm. and we don't all fall into one thing that we wanna do for the rest of our lives and feel like you know we're good at yeah. S- some people have you know multiple passions and wanna pursue things that seem different, so I think for me, I feel like figuring out how to combine all of those things is is my bi- biggest success and nice. that nice I feel like i have I have a direction now I feel like yeah. I've figured out a way to kind of put it all together and and it's okay <laughs> uh-huh. to do to, to be interested in in more than one thing and to yeah. and there are ways of combining those interests so
0: you know I got a degree from a s u on that they call it interdisciplinary studies
2: that's right <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So, well, good for them for yeah. having that because well, it, there are those people out there, and yeah. and it's and a lot of times our we solve problems from 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 other fields, that, you right. know, With solutions from other fields, yeah, so.
0: exactly. So, what drives you?
2: You know, I said this before, but I think for me, it's going to sound cliche, but for me, it's it's beauty and truth, and mm. that. I really feel we need beauty in our lives. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's um, nourishing to us, and I also feel very strongly about pursuing uh, scientific truth and authenticity and um, coming up with you know clear explanations for things mm-hmm. and and passing on knowledge in a clear way so that others can truly understand yeah. what you've learned. And I've learned from so many, you know, people in, in various ways. And thank goodness people are out there, you know, writing books,
3: <laughs> sharing,
2: you know, being teachers, showing, you know, now mm-hmm. YouTube videos, you can go on and learn oh how to gosh, deal yes. with anything. Mm-hmm. So thank goodness there are people doing that and sharing, sharing their knowledge. But, but that's something that, that really drives me and yeah, um, kind of trying to make the world a better place through, through education and,
0: yeah. and beauty. And by the way, that does not sound cliche at all. It sounds beautiful, <laughs> so there you go. good. I'm all about education, and I have to know, what book, has there been one book that has been most mm-hmm. influential for you in this process?
2: That's a tough one too. I have I'm I'm a book collector <laughs> I make books. I love books. And you can't ask me to pick a favorite, but you know, thinking about that question, I would say that there's there's this kind of path of books through my life that have been kind of stepping stones, you know, kind of leading me in some direction, mm-hmm. you know, that, that where I ended up now and I mean I can look back and see, think of books from my childhood like Eric Sloan's The Weather Book and The Stars by A.J. Ray to, you know, high school, it was Cosmos
3: by Carl mm. Sagan. There I remember reading
2: that and just being, um, you know, completely changed by that to Stephen Hawking's A Brief History of Time. That mm-hmm. was another one that just um, really inspired me. There have just been kind of this trail of... um
0: Beautiful, wonderful, right scientific books.
2: Yes, that were al- that also had these um, compelling visual components. Oh, as well. oh
0: yes, of course.
2: <laughs> of course. So, and then there have also been books by artists who who oh, yes. were not afraid to share what they know mm-hmm. I'm thinking that, like um, uh, Richard Schmid's *Alla Prima* is excellent for painting. *Letters to a Young Poet* by Rilke was extremely helpful (laughs) practically and and just generally inspirational yeah me so so don't ask me to pick a favorite
0: okay (laughs) perfect perfect (laughs) so what one final piece of advice you have for our listeners
2: oh my gosh keep growing food and share what you know with people who want to learn from you Mm. you know plants keep adding you know adding to our base of knowledge of of how to um you know how to create wonder and beauty in our in our lives mm-hmm. in our daily lives and keep trying something if you fail at something don't don't give up
0: mm-hmm. beautiful well thank you mm-hmm. so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today kelly it's been a treat getting to chat with you
2: thank you it was a lot of fun yeah,
0: absolutely so how can our listeners get a hold of you find your art support you
2: Okay, I think I mentioned before, I, I do blog at Kelly Hool Studio. You can also find uh, my website, kellymhool.com. Mm-hmm. There's also a special, all, from there you can find all the links to various projects Perfect. that I mentioned. And you can also send me an email from there.
0: Perfect. Excellent. Well, that's it for today. Perfect. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Decades ago, I started growing food in my front and backyard, and I realized that my mission in life is to inspire and empower others to grow their own nutrient-dense, healthy, organic food. Because of this, a lot of people have come to me with their gardening questions over the years, and that got me thinking, what if we put together a community that would help budding gardeners blossom? So I finally made the idea a reality with my Urban Farm U member program. Each month, your membership includes three live online events, a monthly class, a chit-chat with an expert, and a monthly coaching session, plus access to the experts on our member page and a significant discount on our signature courses. I'm deeply committed to transforming our global food system, and I do this by empowering you to grow your own food. The Urban Farm Membership Program is a simple way to get going. Please join me in transforming your food system today. To learn more, go to UrbanFarmMembership.org or text MEMBERSHIP to 33444. That's UrbanFarmMembership.org or text MEMBERSHIP to 33444.